Ladies and gentlemen, happy Thanksgiving. Welcome to a special edition of 15 Minute You. Evan, happy Thanksgiving, brother. Happy Thanksgiving in the same room. Right? Great to do this in person. Not from the left coast or the east coast, but from the Midwest. 15 Minute You is coming to you today from Cleveland, Ohio. While we're talking about Ohio, let's talk Miami of Ohio. Let's. Shout out to the Red Hawks, who may be the only team in NCAA history to start the season 0-6, finish the season on a 6-0 run, and make themselves bowl eligible. Red Hawks, baby. Red right. Hawks. Squeaker Tuesday night <laughs> against Ball State, 21-20, to make it bowl eligible. While we're talking games of the week, let's go over the four big rivalry games for this weekend. Let's do it. And then uh, we'll get to our special guest. All right. Uh, let's start in Pullman. Friday, the Apple Cup. Number five, Washington visits Washington State. The uh, Huskies are favored by six here. I've been saying it for a month that Washington State is going to pull out the uh, the victory, so I can't back down now. Although, <laughs> gut instinct this morning is that Jake Brown and Chris Peterson could do some work tomorrow. Let me throw you a couple stats to lean you the Cougars' way. One, Cougars are 5-1 and one at home this year, uh, and they're 3-0 and oh at home when they're the underdog, as they will be tomorrow. Jake Browning's got a lot of much-deserved love this season, but there's actually another quarterback I want to talk to you about, one that has just one last touchdown at 36, same amount of interceptions at 7, and 1,100 more yards than Browning, and that's Washington State quarterback Luke Falk. Look for the Cougs tomorrow over Washington. I feel all that. I'm just saying, in Peterson we trust. I'm sticking with my <laughs> pick from Sunday, taking Washington. Um, let's go down to Florida. Number 15, Florida visiting number 14, Florida State. I'm surprised Florida State's seven-point favorite here. Maybe it's the home field advantage. But, like, again, they lost to Louisville by a basketball score of 40 (laughs) points. It's insane. That said, both teams have been kind of inconsistent. Florida did lose to Tennessee. And I don't know if you saw his post-game interview, but the win at LSU seemed to surprise even their head coach. Interestingly, if the FSU wins this today, the seniors would be 4-0 against the Gators. That would be the first time in FSU history. Um, But what I think this is all going to come down to is the red zone. Florida has the number one ranked red zone defense, whereas Florida State has the number one red zone ranked offense. Um, And slightly, I I think, can FSU get it up for this game? They've been iced out of the ACC championship. They've been iced out of the playoffs, et cetera. Do they really have something to play for? I think, in the end, I'm going to take Florida. Either way, though, you know the AP is going to rank Florida State like 15. Oh, for sure. If not one. (laughs) (laughs) Next rivalry, Iron Bowl. Number 13, Auburn visits number one, Alabama, especially in Tuscaloosa. I think the Auburn on Saturday is going to be all about Bama. Bama has the edge in Auburn in every statistical category. Points per game, points allowed, total yards, etc. Yeah. The line in this game is insane, though. Auburn's getting 17.5. Bama's blown out some big opponents this year, including USC. But if you're betting on the game, I might take Auburn plus 17. Do you take Auburn? No. Bama. Really? Bama by 21. That's my prediction. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. Wow. All right. We might we might put down a wager at the end of <laughs> Okay. And then let's get to the game that we all really care about. The game. Number three, Michigan. Going to Columbus. Take on number two, Ohio State. Obviously, Ohio State has had Michigan's numbers lately. They've won 13 in the last 15. What I think this game's going to come down to is Ohio State's high-powered offense against Michigan's rock-solid defense. OSU leads Michigan in the following categories. Third down conversions. Rush offensive yards and uh, pass offensive yards. However, Michigan leads Ohio State in the following categories. Third down conversions allowed on defense, scoring D, pass D, rush D, and red zone D. Interestingly, Michigan leads the NCAA in all of those categories. So I think this is going to be a serious battle. Um, I think critical elements are going to be quarterback play. Unproven speed and O'Korn versus proven basically God, JT Barrett. 
Um, how loud will the horseshoe be considering they have home field advantage? Um, and then red zone play. Uh, Mich- Michigan leads Ohio State in both red zone defense and red zone scoring. And then can Michigan block a punt or a kick or two? Because that might be all it comes down to. In the end, I'm mm-hmm. taking the boys in blue on the road. Got to do it. Uh, is Speed playing? I don't – has it been announced? I don't know. He's not playing. I think Harbaugh's trying to mess with people. We'll see. <laughs> we'll I'm, see. That is probably what's happening, but I don't think it's been announced. Special guest. Special guest. Jason. Jason LaBar, our cousin. Welcome. First guest ever on the show. Uh, before we get to the real interview, what did we miss about the game? What are your thoughts? Who's going to win? Uh, first off, fellas, thank you for having me on your show. Anytime. Anytime. Uh, listen to your show. Huge, huge fan. <laughs> you guys, uh, you fit a lot, of, lot in in uh, 15 minutes. That's what we so. got for yeah. We scripted that plug, bro. <laughs> yeah, I'll look for my twenty bucks later. <laughs> as far as the game, you know, these games, these big rivalry games, always come down to, you know, the big plays. Can Jabril Preppers finally have that Woodson-esque punt yeah, return yeah. for a touchdown? Yeah. yeah. Um, those timely turnovers, that kind of thing. And I think if uh, Michigan can hold them under twenty points, uh, they have a good shot. Yeah, let's hope so. Let's hope. Let's, let's hope. hope so. Okay, so before we get into like some serious questions, let's just get the basics for the fans. Um, you know, what's, what school did you go to, position, your coach, things like that. High school, I went to Davidson, Michigan. I'm from Davidson, Michigan. Okay. So uh, you got to give those guys a shout out. They had an undefeated season this year. Oh, good night. Nice. Davidson. Woo! I know you've heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All the time. <laughs> High school, uh, I played li- uh, middle linebacker and also tight end and then... Uh, like the week before my junior year, they asked me to play center. So uh, <laughs> nice. I pretty much played center for the next two years, too. So I played really? middle linebacker and center in high school. I was the smallest guy in the offensive line. Why did they want you to play center? I think just, I don't know, maybe my blocking was that good. I think. <laughs> nice. Um, nice. Plus, we played mostly 4-4 front. So, you know, center, there's really nobody over top of me. I was just going out blocking linebackers. Uh, so. Okay, okay. And then at central, you were? Then at central, they moved me to fullback. Really? So they're pretty, they had a, a lot of uh, veteran linebackers and stuff. So they just moved me to fullback. And uh, that's the first time I had been in the backfield since like Pee Wee football. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a little intimidating going up there. You know, all the offensive linemen were, you know, seemed like they had 100 pounds on me. Yeah. You know, so it was a little intimidating, but it was good. It was a good experience. When you were going into college, like, what was your, did you have a preference or did you just want to be on the team or like, what were, uh, your, what were your goals? My biggest goal was just to try to be on a D1 team. Yeah. yeah. So as far as recruiting and stuff, I had you know D2, D3, a lot of recruiting offers sure. there and stuff. Sure. Central Michigan and Michigan State were the only ones. I was a preferred walk-on, so I don't know really? if you guys know okay. the difference with that. So well, tell us the difference. Traditional walk-ons, uh, basically you have to try out for the team. Where preferred okay. walk-ons, they you show up with uh, in summer camp with all the rest of the mm-hmm. rest of the guys. So. If you are trying out for a college team, like what does that look like? Like if I'm just walking out, just walking out. Yeah. Um, like, do you have to keep up at practice, or like, what are you doing? Uh, no, you're just the one of the one of the one of the guys. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. You know, and uh, everything is broken down in college. You know, there's 120 guys out there on the practice field, so everything is broken down. You know, offense on one side, defense on the other side, but then yeah. everybody practices in their own little individual groups. Sure, pretty mm-hmm. much the entire practice until you get to the end. So, sure. What does a weekly schedule look like for a college football player? Like lately, we hear a lot of debates about, um, you know, like schools being in trouble for practicing too much and Michigan like, checking right yeah. the under Rich Rod going over. I think the twenty hours a week is supposed to be the limit. 
What's it look like? Do you think people actually meet those? Does it matter if they meet those? Yeah, the 20 hour a week things, that's a joke. (laughs) (laughs) That's a straight up joke. You know, that might be 20 hours with the coach on the Uh practice field. Yeah. But it's year round running, lifting, um, all that stuff. Sure. No, I mean, I even thought doing like track and cross country in college, like we were close to 20 hours. So I couldn't imagine what it would be like if you did play football. Yeah. Yeah, and the worst, uh, you know, like winter conditioning, all that stuff, that's way worse than, you know, two days and all that stuff. You know, getting up at six in the morning, go walking through two feet of snow in Mount Pleasant and <laughs> to go run for an hour and then make yeah, it to your yeah. eight o'clock class. That's tough. Yeah. <laughs> the, I mean, talking about how the practice is divided in like groups and positions, on a track team, I think there's like at worst, uh, like this beef between distance runners and sprinters. And like we speak like different languages, they don't really understand each other from a distance runner perspective i think that most distance runners think that sprinters are just like soft because they don't have to run very far and they still like whine and cry about it do you think on a football team is there like noticeable differences between like mentalities or cultures of people who play defense versus people who play offense or even like within the offense like if i'm a lineman versus a skill position it's mostly i mean the way our team was it was mostly offense defense uh-huh. so we really had very little interaction you know offensive defense during the week yeah at all you know, it was mostly during the game, and then even during the game, I don't know if you guys noticed, but you know, usually one side of the the sidelines offense, one side yeah. is defense. You really don't even interact during the game with each other. So really, kinda... were you like friends at all with um, guys yeah. on the other side of the ball? Like, could you make those bonds? Yeah, you're, you're so friends, segregated? but even our even the locker room was kind of segregated. Really, like, the yeah. offensive guys were on the like side, that. so it was yeah. a lot different than high school. You know, high school everybody's just kind of all mixed in. But... Yeah, interesting. Sure. Interesting. And, you know, in the offensive guys, they. Um, a lot of them think that the defensive guys are a little slower. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, you don't get, like, just run around and tackle people. So. You can see that. I can see yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so when you were playing, like, quote-unquote, big-name schools, OSU, Michigan, Michigan State, you know, those games often result in blowouts for one team. Did you go into the game thinking, like, yeah, we're going to kick their ass? Or, like, deep down inside, were you like, oh, we're probably going to get hosed in the big house? Yeah, I think – just being a football player, you always think you have a chance to win any game. Yeah. yeah. Um, you have to go in that mentality. Otherwise, you're just going to get annihilated. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I remember one game my freshman year, we went down to the Swamp, played Steve Spurrier. Oh, really? Florida, and uh, Florida was pretty good back in the 90s. Yeah. Late, yeah. late yeah. 90s. Central went down, scored, t- scored six. And then the extra point gets blocked. <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> Florida, Florida went on a little... Uh, 82-0 run after that. <laughs> oh so 82 to six was the final. Ouch. So and those are I don't know if it's still like that, but we give the coaches a little little bump and little bonus and pay. You know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they have they had incentive to run some scores up. So. Whew. So like playing in the at, at Florida compared to playing somewhere else, like what was like did it feel different because it's such a bigger stadium? Playing like a play? Michigan no. directional because like it's not. Uh, as... Um, I don't think any stadium same. like once you start playing, it's all the same. Really? Yeah. 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 Have you, I think we've talked in the past about you like volunteering coaching or yeah. you coached high school. Where, uh, tell me about that. I coached uh, five years of uh, middle school football. Okay. So, and then after I had my kids, it was too crazy busy, so I had yeah. to stop. But yeah. I'd like to get back into it once I get a little bit older. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Where was, was that at? In Michigan. Uh, I coached uh, middle school football at Grand Blank and at Davison. Okay. So... Was it difficult, like, the athletes being so young and, like, understanding, like, you're supposed to do this, like, yeah. and he's like, I'm eight, I don't understand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, you know, the 
the kids at that age are so immature and it's yeah. hard to get them to listen. So <laughs> yeah. you have to be a little extra loud without, you know, hurting feelings. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but, yeah. uh, made it interesting. You're talking to somebody that teaches me how to spot get them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, one minute they're listening, the other minute they're off. You know. Right, doing who knows what. Right, a- anything but what you ask them to do. Yeah, right. all the other things. But most rewarding part of it is, you know, you take a kid that can't even get in a three-point stance. Yeah, by the yeah. end of the season, yeah, yeah. you know, they kind of look like a football player. So yeah, for sure. take a little pride in that. Yeah, when you guys start somewhere, right? Everybody knows. Right. <clears throat> Knowing what we know now about like CTE and the injuries and things like that, would you want your sons to play football? That's a very good question because uh, you know I've thought about it a lot, and then even coaching middle school level, you know, yeah. I think it's a lot different now, and I think it's the awareness of it is a lot more out there. You mm-hmm. know, even parents and mm-hmm. so you know, even before even coaching middle school, you know, at first I thought it was a little kind of crazy, but we'd have to like sit through they had lectures on mm-hmm. CTE and concussions and how to um you know describe it you know and you're looking at middle school football players saying man they can't really hit hard enough to give a concussion (laughs) but you'd be surprised but overall the way i look at it is there's you know just in the state of michigan there's hundreds of thousands of kids that play high school football yeah yeah. like in nationwide there's like you know over a million kids that play high school football and it's been like that for decades oh yeah so if I think where you get into trouble is, you know, the professional level, even college level, with these guys that have multiple concussions. Yeah, yeah. You know, multiple, multiple, multiple concussions, and they, you know, back in my day, they just say you got your bell wrong and just, you know, yeah, yeah, take a playoff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you know, I think it's important to teach, you know, right technique and that kind of thing. And um, I think, you know, if they want to play football, then they can play football. But you're more aware of it, and if they had one or two concussions, then I think we'd have to start to have some discussions. On yeah, whether right, keep right. Playing. I mean, you're not going to have a junior sayout situation after one hit. That's like a throw lifetime of for sure hard hits. And I've, the youngest case of uh, CTE, you know, documented was an 18 year old. So it makes you a little uh, little nervous. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, I think, I mean, I I don't know where I am on that either. It feels even awkward as a fan though. Sometimes when you see dudes get like lit up really hard and you're like, man, or like we had this conversation, you know, as Browns fans, like it's dangerous to be the Cleveland Browns quarterback. Now, because offensive line is so bad. Cody Kessler's had two concussions. Yeah, He's right, a rookie. Right. He just gets, like, that's not a safe place to put a human behind that no. offensive line because they're no. so bad. <laughs> so I work at a school that doesn't really have legitimate sports, and our staff always debates, like, whether we should have sports or not. And I, I think a lot of people that teach at my school don't have athletic backgrounds. I feel like I'm, like, one of the only people who, like, advocates that, like, yes, we should do this, like, have these programs, let kids get other opportunities where they can be successful. Because honestly, like so much of what I do now, I can like be like, I know how to do this because I did this sport or I did this like, like the teamwork that you learn as well as like the discipline and the organization. I mean, can you think of anything in your present life that relates to your like experience as a football player? Well, I think, you know, as far as getting back to having sports and schools and things like that, I think it's very important. One of the places I coached was a really large district, you know, so there's kids from all socioeconomic backgrounds and all different types of backgrounds. Every week, we had progress reports on the kids. We had their grades. We talked to them, yeah. you know, if they were slipping. And, you know, believe it or not, you know, some of these kids, like, the best grades I got throughout the whole year was during during football season because Cause you had to keep if, it if they didn't yeah, have yeah, the right yeah. grades, they wouldn't be able to play. Yeah. So I think that, you know, it gives them extra incentive, along with the discipline and, you know, being on time and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and and the, just the teamwork, you know, be able to 
go out there and work with other people that you might not even necessarily Absolutely. like outside of school Absolutely. be friends with, but you know, you're working towards one goal and that, I think that translates into your, you know, your future life. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about college football today. Where are you at on pay to play college athletics? Jeez, that's uh that's a tough one because <laughs> you know the, the student athletes that go to you know U- University of Michigan, you know, they bust their butts and so do the, the student athletes that go to Alma College in Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and they yeah. put in the same amount of time. Mm-hmm. Yep. But you know, Michigan puts hundred thousand people in their stadium, so do those student athletes get more money compared mm-hmm. to these other small okay. schools? Yeah. And these small schools, you know, if you start paying the athletes, you know, they might they might not, you know, just drop the programs altogether if they don't have the money to yeah, yeah, right, kick right, it back. Right. So, I mean, so, you know, it's a sticky situation, you know, in a slippery slope where do you cut it off to just the big conference teams or do you, I know. Yeah. you go through the whole thing? Yeah. It, but you're also wondering if, like, right, should it just be the top five, like the power five schools? Like, should we be a semi-pro league instead of a... Because there's still just, like, yeah. not... The idea that, like, some coach makes five or six million and then, you know, the players don't get anything. Yeah, also, I, I do see their divide. I'm also, like... I don't know that I think we need to be paid to play. I think there are, like, more benefits they could give players. I don't see any way that, like... But then you have to have, like... Because the problem is that, like, Alabama and Michigan and Ohio State are making, like, millions and millions and millions. But, right. like, e- there are even, like, power five schools that d- don't make nearly as much as they're making, right? Like, right. Like, what is, like, Maryland football making or, like, Purdue? Yeah. Like, not close to what those schools are making. Right. And so they would have to almost share to make it fair. Right. Conference um, sharing or something. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. And I could see, you know, if you guys watched, you know, like, the Fab Five thing where they said going by, walking by, uh, you know, memorabilia shop and they can't even afford their own jersey. So I don't know if they get, you know, some kind of a living stipend or something like that. So. Yeah. That, that way you wouldn't have Ohio State players selling their championship rings <laughs> to, get, to get tattoos and stuff. You yeah. Know? They'd be able yeah. to afford tattoos that way. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think a stipend is a start, but, I mean, the other thing, too, with this discussion is that there are so many college athletes, and we're like, yeah. we're talking about making money, we're mostly talking about football and basketball, and, like, right. we're not talking about wrestling or rowing or cross-country Gymnasts. or gymnastics. Right. Yeah. Right. That's why you'd almost have to separate. I don't know. What do you think of uh, I mean, I totally agree that it's a completely mm-hmm. sticky situation. I just, I, so I went to a small school in D.C., yeah. and I know, like, athletes put in a ton of work, but they, on top of the free education, even at that small school, they also got a ton of things that normal students didn't get, which I'm not complaining about. I mean, they put in the work, but, I mean, free meals looked like an entire wardrobe of, like, swag yeah. and everything. Um, sure. So is there something that we can do to better improve their their life while they're in college that's not necessarily paying mm-hmm. them a salary, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, like the dorms at AU are shit, so can you maybe live in, like, a nicer apartment or, yeah. you know what I mean, or have nicer dorms for them or they had to, like, share the facilities with us, um, get nicer facilities for them, yeah. you know, things like that. I don't wouldn't normally plug John Calabari, but in his – book he talks about like what we can do for college athletes to like not do pay to play but there's like a lot that we could schools who have money like could yeah. give like you can guarantee scholarships for everybody like anybody that comes in freshman year on a scholarship stays oh you know, that, i mean yeah. if you have like an injury or whatever like you're not dropped making sure that everybody has like all athletes have health insurance and are like covered by you know the university yeah you can do travel for all parents to like get to big you know and like a school that's in the final four like that where a parent would need to travel, they're like, that school can afford that travel. Yeah. Right. right. Like, 
not checking back. Like, some small college just, like, isn't there. Uh, yeah. And so, and those are things that, like, would please people that the NCAA just kind of refuses to make moves on, even though you know. That part That part also irks me, though, is you, you see this, like, coming to a head, and you see the NCAA making no moves to, yeah. like... They're do not any, helping. Do anything like, about do it, enough, right? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So, Jason, we've seen at both the professional and the collegiate level, kneeling during halftime, sit or national anthem, uh, sitting during the national anthem, fist raised, you know, national anthem. What are your thoughts on that? Jeez. (laughs) Getting getting political before Thanksgiving dinner. (laughs) (laughs) Haven't even eaten yet, right? You know, I I respect his, you know, his right to be able to do it. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I I totally think it's a great um, message he's trying to get out there, you know, and. Yeah. But I think, you know, a professional athlete, especially a professional quarterback, um, he's got such a huge microphone, such yeah. a huge yeah. platform that he could get up there every week and actually talk about the issues. Taking a kneel, you know, kneeling down is such a divisive thing mm-hmm. that yeah. I think it turns sure. off a lot of people that they're not even going to listen to your message yeah. before it even gets started because sure. you're kneeling. I didn't even thought about that. That's true. Not to mention, you know, the whole thing with, you know, the veterans and yeah. just people yeah. in general, yeah. you know, such a divisive thing that I've talked to veterans that don't have a problem with it, talked to some guys that, you know, they have a big problem with it, right. you know, because they feel like when they went overseas with the flag on their shoulder, they were representing something, and yeah. that when you do that, it's disrespecting sure. that. Sure, But, um, you know, I think he'd, he'd be better off, you know, better served to just have discussion forums and, you know, talk about it on, on the news and stuff like yeah. that, so... We're going to have a couple beers and ask you that again. Okay, so now that we've softened the ground with those controversial questions, let's get into some real controversy. <laughs> the NCAA even admits that Central's win over Oklahoma State earlier this year should not have stood. Um, and the CFP committee seems to be agreeing with that. What are your thoughts on um, that win? Should uh, it be vacated by Central? No, that's garbage. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... When that when that play happened, I was jumping up and down. <laughs> and um, you know, if you want to be a, a big power conference team, you can't true. be that close uh, at that's home. That's true. That's Preach. Fair. Preach. You know, that's a fair that point. close at home. You know, yeah. so uh, no, they sh- they shouldn't they okay. shouldn't have to vacate that. That's craziness. Uh, while we're talking about the playoff, do you think the playoff should expand to eight teams? I think it'd be fair. It's like how far out do you go? You know. Eight, then you go. Then people will be complaining to sixteen, but yeah, I think especially like if you look at this year, you know, besides Alabama, all the teams are so close, yeah, that you could easily go eight teams, and you know, Alabama's still gonna still gonna kill them all, but it'd still be entertaining to have one week. True, Extra yeah, true. Week, you yeah, know, I'm that'll all, be fun. I'm all for more football. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Quick follow up: Do you think the committee is system where a committee picks is better than the BCS system where like computer rankings pick? I think it's better to have people get together. I'd like to see more people on the committee. Yeah. Was it 12 I've been now? trying to push myself to get on there. I feel, <laughs> no. I, feel I have equal I uh, value <laughs> to Condi Rice's. I don't know. Like She seems like a great person. But. Yeah, she, she, she played football, didn't she? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the BCS thing, though, was so uh, – nobody really knew what it was. Yeah. I mean, it was like half, half people voting yeah. and yeah. then half some – crazy computer program that nobody knew anything about so i can't think of a bcs year though where i where i was like man the national champion like didn't get in right we didn't have the best teams i'm with you like and i would be down for an eight team playoff but i also like 
Now we debate, you know, who's the five and who's the six. And if we move to eight, like, people are so just, yeah. her, her tree's going to be like, well, this team's nine, and this team's ten. And you're like, all right, guys. Yeah. Remember 90... when you still only picked two? Right. <laughs> and 99% of the time, who's going to win is going to be in the top four anyway. Right, yeah. right. True, true. All right. Uh, so we are going to close with a rapid-fire session. So, like true, false, we just want your quick gut instinct. What do you think? You don't okay. have to elaborate. Okay. All right. Western Michigan, playoff contender. True, false. False. P.J. Flex stays at Western Michigan longer than this season. Not a chance. <laughs> As a Michigan fan, do you love to hate Ohio State or Notre Dame more? Oh, Ohio State. Definitely. In, in general, the strongest Mich- Michigan directional school is? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean by that? Central, Western, Eastern. Oh, right now? It's going to be Western. <laughs> what about uh, over the course of all time? Central. Okay. <laughs> uh, Rich Rod, did you get a fair shake at Michigan or no? Doesn't matter. <laughs> fair. Uh, Heisman Trophy winner this year will be? Uh, Peppers. Let's do it. After today. <laughs> yeah, all right. True, false. One conference will get two teams in the playoff. True. That conference is? Big time. There we go. See it. Uh, Jason is a GM. You are starting a football team. You would start with Nick Saban or Bill Belichick? Belichick. Yeah, interesting. Um, your favorite source for college football news? ESPN. There is no other one. <laughs> That's true. 15-minute <laughs> you? <laughs> it's a great little podcast. You there should you check go. it out. It's going to be uh, huge. <laughs> favorite sports stadium not named the big house is? Ford Field. Sure. Okay. Favorite sports movie? Rudy. Oh, good choice. Uh, favorite tailgate food? It's gotta be wings. Yep. Best beer that you brew? Uh, it's called the Time Traveler. Yeah. <laughs> what kind is it? It's, it's a it's a IPA, and after you oh nice you, after a few of them you just <laughs> time travels. <laughs> nice. Okay. Best Michigan beer. <laughs> best Michigan There's... brewery. Many. I'd say Griffin Claw. The best cigar at a reasonable price right now is. Oh, it's up to you. <laughs> uh, I say Perdomo Grand Cru. Okay, okay. great. All right. Thanks, Jason. <laughs> All right. <laughs> thanks, <Alex. laughs> that, last, that last one really got him. All right, thanks, folks. Thank you for turning, tuning in to another episode of 15 Minute You. Jason, sir, thank yeah. you for coming on thank the pod. We'll have, you, thank you. Thank you. Uh, we'll have to have you on. Thank you. We'll have to have you on again. I hope everyone enjoys Rival Week as well as their holidays. From our family to yours, happy Thanksgiving. Just remember, folks, don't pick them like my brother. And don't pick them like my brother. That's fun. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks. <laughs> Thought you'd get that cigar off. <laughs> really? Reasonable price. price hung him up. Yeah. Fair. I was thinking about something that I could have picked. <laughs> <laughs>